Good afternoon and welcome back to USTA Florida's Here to Serve podcast. I'm Laura Bowen, Executive Director for USTA Florida, and today we have a very special guest, Alexis Johnson, who is the Executive Director for the USTA Florida Section Foundation, is joining us to talk about grants. Welcome, Alexis. Hi, thanks. So Alexis, one of the things that I love most about you is ever since you joined us in um, 2017, you have brought such a unique and fresh perspective to our organization. And um, I think I would love for you to tell our audience a little bit about your background and what attracted you to our foundation. Sure. So I'm actually one of our few office team members here in Orlando that's originally from Orlando, <laughs> which there's not very many of us. Um, but I was really fortunate. I had an opportunity to live in New York for the last half of my elementary school years. And although I kind of stuck out like a sore thumb being in the inner city schools there, I think that really cemented and molded me a lot into who I am today because I learned at a really young age harsh realities for my fellow classmates, some of which who didn't even have a place to live. So I think that combined with my mom really wanting to expose me to as much as she could when I was little um, enabled me to get used to volunteering. I tried out tennis for a while. I attempted piano lessons. <laughs> and then eventually I also um, learned to dance. So, cause I was really not good at tennis <laughs> and even worse at the piano. I eventually stuck to volunteering and dance, which uh, led me into the world of performing arts. So I spent many, many years doing that and volunteering for grassroots organizations in that world and fundraising and development, um, as well as event management and show production. And I never thought that all of those years volunteering would build up a resume that would lead me to a background working in live event and show production here at two of the three large theme parks that we have in town. But I couldn't let go of the fact that I missed giving back when I went to the corporate side. So eventually that drew me back into the world of grassroots community involvement. And I found myself here at the foundation. Well, we are very lucky to have you because you do have a, an awesome background um, and also a huge heart, which gives you um, all the right ingredients to really be guiding our wonderful USTA Florida Section Foundation. So. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the foundation. You know, our people listening may not be familiar with the foundation and they may not realize that the foundation actually provides grants every single year to help tennis organizations. So can you tell us a little bit about the work that the foundation normally does and how vital it is to our Florida tennis communities? Sure. So the USTA Florida Foundation um, has had a mission of changing lives through tennis and has been in existence we just passed our 15th year the end of last year. Okay. So yeah, I know, yay. Hey, <laughs> we're teenagers yeah. now. <laughs> you can almost get a learner's permit. <laughs> so after those 15 years, you know, I was really fortunate to look back through all the history that they had and see that thanks to so many of our supporters, they've been able to come together and make $1.6 million worth of equipment, program support and facility support possible here in the state of Florida for under-resourced, adaptive, and youth tennis programs. So today, that still continues to be one of our focuses. We're always looking for additional programs that we might not have heard of or will be starting up 
that gear towards uh, grassroots tennis first and foremost for youth, under-resourced, uh, adaptive, and then also we now have an offering for wheelchair as well. So specific grants tailored to that world. So while we keep expanding, and I'm really excited that we brought that third grant for Wheelchair Online, the way that we've always made that possible is through our supporters. Mm-hmm. So if you are driving around the state, or you're like Laura and myself, who have a Play Tennis license plate, <laughs> um, the two of us are impact investors because of that. And if you have one at home, then you are as well. But if you've seen them on the road, that's a, a big, big thing for keeping the grant program alive. So every one of those places on the road transitions to being a $25 yearly donation. And so that's what breathes life into that grant program and keeps us with the ability to provide these opportunities through grants. So I'm always encouraging people to check out the Play Tennis License Plate. If you're a tennis lover, tennis supporter, just really have the heart to want to do good. I mean, I admit it, I'm an awful tennis player, but I've got one on my car. I'm not great either, but I'll get that plate on my truck and ride around. You know, it's me coming. (laughs) They're also really cute. So (laughs) it's a great way to show your love for the support, but also to know that you can truly make a difference because each penny from that that's coming in is going right back out into the community. It's not covering overhead costs or things like that. So it really is making a difference each year. Yeah, that's a good point. So some of the sometimes people ask, well, you know, what's uh, why do you have two organizations? And I think one of the things that's really great about the partnership that we have is that because USTA Florida does kind of absorb the overhead and we can create some efficiencies there by saying, you know, we cover the accounting and, you know, those kind of things that need to be done in an organization, we can ensure that the money that people donate to the USTA Florida Section Foundation is tax deductible and that it's all going to the cause that they're supporting. So I think that really does help to clarify why we have this separate arm that's really our giving arm and that people can give to and have a lot of confidence that their money is going to what they want it to support. Yeah, I always tell supporters that we are so fortunate because a lot of organizations nowadays really struggle to tell people that their donations won't cover at least a little bit of you know, paper supplies for mailings or small things that they need or personnel that needs to be paid. Um, so we're in an amazing position. If you have a license plate, it's a little more than 20 out of that $25 is going right back out to the community. Uh, roughly five or so actually helps us maintain the plates and and keep them so that we're all good with all the reporting in the state each year. But if you actually hand us money at an event, if you've ever supported us by attending an event, if you just make a donation online, 100% of that is going back to the community. And so I I love that I can say that because I know in the past when I've been with other organizations, you kind of were like, oh, thanks for your support. This kind of covers paper. But here I can say that it's not right. going to pay for any of those things. So. I know that it is making a difference. If you hand us $25 an event, that's you know enough for me to get a canister of balls and a brand new racket for a youth or adaptive player. If you're getting 50, that's enough for me to get equipment for four players to rally back and forth. $100, we can give a mini net to a program in the state, which can go really far. So I, I think we're very fortunate. And I thank you guys every day <laughs> for covering our overhead costs. Well, and one of the things that's great, even now that we're not having events, is I know I use the Roundup app, and I know that that is like something I I can set it and forget it. So when I go into stores and I buy things, or right now I'm not really going into the stores, but I'm ordering my groceries online and it's all tied to my credit card, 
I know that I'm still donating every time that I make a purchase, it's rounding up my purchase and then adding a multiplier. So there are really ways that you can still give even in today's world where maybe we're not out there seeing you at an event so much, you got a digital tool. So the Roundup app, i that's my personal favorite, as you know, because I don't have to do anything. I just put the card in there and forget it. Um, so give a, a little plug for the, the people like me who are kind of set it, forget it, not think about it humans <laughs> out there. I, I love it. Mine's actually similar to yours, not programs of for a specific dollar amount each month. So it's kind of like roulette. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see how much I donated when I get the report each month. Um, and then at the end of the year, we send all of our supporters a yearly total so they don't have to keep track. We try to make it easy for them. But it, it's amazing. You download the Roundup app, you choose USTA Florida Foundation as your charity of choice, and then you can either choose a minimum you want to donate, a maximum you want to donate, or you could just go wild and crazy and roll the dice every month. Spin the wheel, spin the yeah. wheel of randomness and let, yeah. it, let it ride. <laughs> I like to put it, I actually have multiple, I have my debit card and a credit card on there. So they're both rounding up continually for us. So I, I think it's great because you do, you set it and forget it. And I kind of get the report each month and it's a surprise because I never, I never remember how much I rounded up. <laughs> and then on top of that, it's also really fun to see at the end of the year with the and give was because you'll be amazed those pennies round up so quickly to really have an impact in the community here so i look for it i like to calculate it in my brain like oh that's x number of mini nuts and this number of rackets it's always a nice surprise i just did my taxes and i i go back through the app and i look and i'm like oh look at how much i gave i'm very happy yeah it's it's a wonderful way to set it and forget it so i think for me um, as a parent with young children it makes it super easy because i don't have to worry about it um, also, instead of going on and doing just a general monthly donation, it means that some months I could give more, especially around the holiday or kids' birthdays when I might be ordering more stuff. So I, I think it's a nice way to give back while also knowing that I'm you know, just fulfilling the normal things I need to do. Like right now, just ordering groceries, it's rounding up every grocery order. So I'm getting groceries, the foundation's getting support continually. I think it's the best. Well, let's talk a little bit about the environment we're in right now we've kind of touched on that it's not the normal environment it's pretty unusual what we're doing right now um, and that obviously means that more of our facilities and providers actually need some help because they are they've been closed i think now for probably six weeks um roughly and you know we really want to try to help them and i know you've been doing some great work um, with us and also with USTA to offer some additional support. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, what we are doing together to give those facilities and providers a little bit of assistance as they reopen? Sure. So we're so fortunate because of our connection to you to obviously also have a connection to USTA. And so because of that, when USTA kind of started the conversations about wanting to switch from their standard facility grants, which we've worked in tandem with to restore courts, especially after storms and things like that, but just general court restorations, more towards relief and focus really on instead of program relief, facility re relief on a much larger scale. So the more that we kind of all chatted, me and you, and including National in with us, you can really see across Florida with how many facilities that there are and how things have changed that there's really gonna be a need for not only the general things that 
you would want and anticipate having when you open back up like fresh tennis balls because who knows how long they've been sitting in a ball cart somewhere. So things like that. To touchless items that people may not have thought of or cleaning and sanitizing supplies in order for your front desk team to be prepared. Um, you know, even people who might be considering a new sliding door for their entryway so that so many people aren't touching it on the way in and out. Um, so I'm really excited. The the grants for USTA's facility relief have opened, and I'm really proud that because of USTA Florida and the foundation boards of directors, we've been able to all come together and work with the USDA national team to chip in a little bit extra. So I think it's going to be excited. Applications went live on Monday of this week, and now they're out there, so I encourage you to apply. Like I said, they'll be for um, tennis balls and teaching equipment that you might need to reopen cleaning and sanitizing efforts, some no-touch items, other tennis-related expenses that you might accrue that are specific to what we're going through. And uh, as long as you've got four or more courts, then you're going to be eligible for this. So if you have four or more courts, then I urge you, because it's first come, first serve, <laughs> so I urge you to get on and apply this week because it, I don't want to find out later that you just were thinking, I'm not sure. You don't need a ton of information. You just need to know your anticipated reopen date, your basic information that you would know about the facility if you're running and operating it. And I urge you to go to usta.com slash facility relief and, or sorry, facility recovery and apply, apply, apply. <laughs> Awesome. And we'll definitely link to that underneath this podcast. So if you're, you know, listening to this, um, you know, at the end, we'll give you some information of where you can find all of our podcasts and you'll be able to see the links on there. And you can also visit our social media and we'll have links to it uh, on our social media pages. Let's talk um, just a little bit um, about some of the specifics about eligibility. I know you mentioned four or more courts, which is really important. I know there are a few other criteria there. Um, and I want to make sure that we cover that for people as well. So can you talk a little bit about the other parameters that they would need to meet in order to apply for the grant? Yeah, so first, you're going to look at really top level. So like I said, you wanted to take a look at an opportunity to count your number of courts, four or more will make you eligible. They are looking at them um, kind of clustered together so that applications are being looked at based on equivalence. So groups of four or more, groups that are mid-range, and then groups that are 12 or more courts are how they're going to be looking at them. Uh, on top of that, you also need to have enough of your court open primarily for public usage. So if you're a private court, you're collecting member dues, only private you know, members can play, you're likely not going to be eligible in this type of a situation because you do have those dues for members. While so many places like maybe a park and rec you know, that is operated by the city may not have the funding to start something back up like this. So you do need to be primarily a public usage location with those four or more courts. And then in addition to that, um, if you happen to be a operator, um, say we discussed this earlier, say you run a city or a county park and you have an agreement with them, uh, you can apply on behalf of the facility that you are running. So that's important to know for you. The city doesn't need to apply because I think we all know that sometimes if they were to apply for that, they might not know what they need in order to answer all the questions since you're operating it. So if you have an agreement with the city or your county to operate the specific court, know that you can jump in on this too because you, you're there all the time. You're the one who's going to be sanitizing everything. <laughs> you're the one who's going to be out on the court with people. So... 
I, I know you'll know how many balls that you need and all those things. That's awesome. So um, when we talk about who's eligible, let's also talk about um, what the other people might be able to do. So say I don't have four courts, I have three or two, um, but I really might need a grant. Um, are people still able to apply for our, our, let's say our normal foundation grants and how would they go about doing that? Yes. So if you are, like Laura said, less than those four courts running a program or maybe you don't own your own court, um, uh, many of our after school programs are like that. They might be borrowing a court, but they do need balls of their own. They do need the opportunity to maybe refresh rackets that may have gotten damaged um, in storage or just were due for a refresh anyway. Uh, normally our grants would have closed last week, but because of everything that happened with COVID, while we were talking to the community, we, we knew that it just didn't feel right to close them because a lot of people hadn't applied unknowingly about whether their summer programs would be happening. So I, yes, I certainly do urge you, if you're not available because of the restrictions of four or more courts, um, and maybe you're not the one who is the only operator of that and has a specific agreement with the city, I urge you, urge you, urge you to go to USTAFloridaFoundation.com. You're going to have the ability there to go in the upper right-hand corner, and there's a link to grants. You'll see on the drop-down there, we have our equipment grant. We have a program support grant, which you can ask for program support and equipment all in one grant right there. And then we also have the wheelchair one. Um, all three of those are going to remain open until October 31st this year. So we're just going to do one long <laughs> grant cycle. It's like a big grant summer blowout. <laughs> we're just going to keep it going. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So, you know, that sounds like there's a lot of opportunities for people um, to get the recovery grants if they're eligible for that, but also other opportunities through the foundation to apply for additional grants um, throughout the year. What would you like to hear from the Florida tennis community that would maybe help us and the foundation serve their needs through the rest of the year? I think the one thing that I always want to hear more about is if they know of a community program in their area or a neighboring area that's in need, what I'm discovering is that oftentimes the programs that need the support and the help the most, they're not aware that we exist and they're not aware that our grants are available to them and that normally they meet all of our qualifications. They may have heard that National had one, maybe they apply for that or they weren't qualified under theirs. Our qualifications are different. We are your local foundation for the state of Florida. And so I always want them to consider us. Um, I know there's often confusion about the difference between our grants and the USTA foundation grants. So if you know of a community program in your area, grassroots, adaptive youth, uh, wheelchair trying to start up, any of those that are trying to start up, trying to recover after coming back from COVID-19, or in general, they are just barely maintaining that program and they are in need to keep it breathing life back into their community. Please, please, please help us get in contact with them. Help us connect everything that we can do for them because although we are so excited about what we can bring to them, their community, it's really because of our partnership with USTA Florida. So come to us, let us help you with grants. Let's see if I can connect you to the volunteer program at USDA Florida and get more helpers out on your courts. You let us know what we can do for you and we'll match you up with every other department that can help. <laughs> I say I'm like the glue. I just keep connecting little bits and pieces all together. 
I feel like we're here to serve. You're here to help. We're all here for all of you to kind of help you deliver tennis and grow tennis and really um, support the, the sport that we really all love. So thank you, Alexis, very much for your time today and for all of the efforts that you and the board of directors of the USTA Florida Section Foundation do every day to make these grants available and to help us uh, support our communities. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure to support the Florida community. And like I said, if we can ever do anything to help you, pick up the phone, call me. <laughs> you know, if you see any of our board members out in the area, feel free to talk to them. If you're not sure who they are, check our website. Their photos are there, so you can always find them. <laughs> They're all over the state of Florida. And every one of us came to this foundation because we really, truly want to give back to the sport and we want to see the programs thrive. So you let us know how we can help you and we'll keep adapting to make that possible. Well, speaking of that, for those of you listening to this podcast, uh, please visit the USTA Florida Facebook page and you can leave a comment. You can actually tag somebody or mention somebody in the comments who you think would benefit from these grants. It's a great way to make them aware. And don't forget that you can find all episodes of the Here to Serve podcast, including upcoming episodes and topics at USTAFlorida.com slash here to serve. Thank you and have a great day.